So before this incredible episode begins with great friend Jonathan from Sweden, currently residing in Marbella, I just wanted to announce the winner of our podcast relaunch, who's won £1,500 worth of coaching, £250 bundle from Muscle Nation, and also a £100 gift voucher from Tough Raps, uh, who left us a very kind review, which was, most podcasts only show the information side with products, but Charlie shows us with amazing real-life examples how to implement this information in real life, which actually achieves results. You can hear the passion and experience using out of him, which drives his talkers. Amazing, and I'm glad I found this. So thank you very much for the kind review. As uh, so S. Varma, you have won the podcast relaunch prizes, so huge congratulations. So if you could drop me a message on Instagram, and now we will get through to the main episode. So welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Uh, today I've got great friend Jonathan on the podcast, so he's the number one uh, Swedish trainer in the world, currently based in sunny Marbella, which I'm very jealous about. Um, we previously did an episode number 188 talking about five secrets of fat loss. So go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to that first, because that was very, very popular. And today we're going to talk about five secrets of lean muscle building. Now we're coming into the winter, which is where most people tend to try and grow a lot more. So we're going to go through five key points for that today. Uh, so thank you very much for your time, Jonathan. And um, do you see that a lot in Sweden that people tend to do that same cyclical approach of like trying to grow over the winter? Yeah, it's like winter's growing season and then you shred up for the summer. I, I imagine a lot because it's very dark in Sweden as well. So people just think oh, like you're wearing coats and stuff. No one's going to know. Yeah, it's very dark. It's very cold. So like a few layers of that will hurt. Hence why you probably live in Marbella. So there we go. Yes, and Most Scandinavians seem to be moving. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. I, I can't take the, the, the winters. No, I can understand that. Um, so in terms of like five secrets of lean muscle building, what we're going to do is we're going to do a similar format as last time where I do one point, Jonathan's going to do one point. Um, so I'm going to let you go first as the guest and put you under the, throw you under the bus. What would be your okay. first tip for lean muscle building? Uh, my absolute first tip will be progressive overload without sacrificing form. Because uh, I think right now a lot of people have bought into this progressive overload. They know what it means, like constantly try to get better add more weight to do more reps or cut back on, on rest time and stuff like that. But often, as in Sweden at least, you can see like people adding up weight, uh, more weight, more weight, weight, more weight. But they, the form is like, they, they sacrifice the form. So like the number one tip would be like, always try to do more, lift more, do more reps, but not with sacrifice form. From a, a practical point of view, how would you suggest, how do you suggest your clients do that? And how do you do that personally or yourself in the past? Uh, I have them rep ranges in their programs. Like let's say set one, six to eight reps. Then we find a way to do six reps. You try to do seven, then you do eight reps. Then when you are at the eight reps, maybe at three, four sessions into the program, you back up, add some weight, and maybe you hit a new six, and then you work up to seven, eight again. Um, so not just adding weight. Uh, so add, add weight and then up to reps and you add weight and up to reps and working your way up. I also think there's a lot to be said as well when people, I'm not a big fan of anyone doing certain exercises um, will lean more to lower reps than other ones. Like I would never recommend like a six rep leg press is like, no. is going to be a problem. Um, goodbye knees or he hello, terrible form um, <laughs> or probably both. And then, um, so I think I personally would never recommend probably reps lower than six for anything anyway, generally. Um, would you be very much following suit for that? Yeah, I'm 100% on that. I would never, I, I barely go under six either. Like mostly it's like eight or up, yeah. eight up to 20 around there. And the thing I'd add in with that as well, you have to think logically of how uh, 
like hypertrophy and growing muscle tissue works you have to think about the mechanics of how that actually works so in terms of uh, mechanical overload and metabolic stress like if you're going to try and do mechanical overload and try, like the, the amount of tension you're going to do in three reps on a muscle is going to be you might be able to use a lot of load but the amount of like time the muscle's working is going to be very poor and it's a very well, inefficient way to build muscle i think people who are very advanced can probably do it because they have the ability to contract muscle fibers well and probably execute the exercise so like the negative they can control very well like where they're lowering the weight but i think people who are aren't maybe super advanced are going to get even less from it as well um, probably because they don't have have the stability there um point number two that i would add into this is going to be controversial that some people might not expect and that's actually to do cardiovascular work now the reason for that I would recommend doing some form of HIIT training and also some form of low um, impact cardio as well, whether it be steps or you want to go on a cross trainer, whatever, once, twice a week, um, is you have to think about that twofold. So number one is that your cardiovascular system underpins your musculoskeletal system. So if your cardiovascular health is compromised and you're not as healthy and fit as you can be, that is going to have a negative impact in terms of your ability to build muscle tissue and also from longevity, which is obviously important. Um, and it will also allow you to stay in a leaner body composition whilst eating a higher amount of food. Um, the next thing I would say on top of that with the um, HIIT training is going to allow you to actually train harder and push yourself more. So you're not at the extent that you're getting gassed all the time and your bottleneck for your training is your aerobic capacity. You're getting like, out of breath all the time rather than your actual like muscular system giving out first. And I think this is very important also when you're trying to increase size and grow because the heavier you get it almost suddenly you're suddenly it almost suddenly catch you at some point i don't know if you've had this before you're like holy shit i feel like i'm getting out of breath all the time now mm. and that's when you start to notice and it's it's quite difficult i think to rein it back when it gets to that point where your your fitness can't like aerobic fitness can't almost catch up to your body weight um is that something you found yeah and i was actually when i was younger i was a competing bodybuilder i was like way heavier than i'm now I didn't like agree on the, to this at all. I was like, no more cardio needs. I need to eat more. But the older I get, the smaller I got. I was like, yeah, that, this makes sense. Like the cardiovascular system needs to be in in good. Uh, and also, like like you said, when, when you get to a heavy point, like everything is hard. It's hard to start with uh, high intensity training. That so it's like. It should be there for sure, like from the beginning. And I, I'm a little sad I, I bought into this too late. It's I think I would be in a better bodybuilder if I had done this actually from the start and not just trying to reach 125 kilos without like any <laughs> endurance at all. So it's interesting. I'm going to guess. So I know you were coached by Jordan Peters for a while and he, mm -hmm. he wouldn't have wanted you to do cardio at that point, would he? No, it was like, if I couldn't like gain weight, it was like less steps, take less steps. I was like, I can't, well, like it's hard to, to walk less than 5,000 steps in a day with the work I had back then. It's like, but it's just like eat more and move less. So, so this is where it's interesting. So I was also coached by Jordan for a period and he said that to me as well, but I still did some because I'm, I'm not uncoachable, but I have my own opinion on things sometimes. But yeah. he's actually come out now and he says the other way around that he wished that's a big yeah. thing that he made a mistake with. Um, yeah. and so in terms of like from a practical application point of view for anyone listening, how could you imp implement, um, 
say cardio and hit into your week i'll talk about maybe what i do and then maybe jonathan can give his input what he does with his clients so uh, personally for me i would do um two fasted cardio sessions of around 30 minutes on um on weight training days that are probably not legs or probably not a body part i'm going to try and focus on so my um push sessions training chest uh shoulders and triceps is probably a weaker body part uh, my back is my strongest body part so i'll always try and do the cardio on those days because it's less of a priority so i would do two 30 minutes faster sessions a week probably my heart rate 130 beats per minute on a uh, cross training that i have at home and then in days i'm not weight training i would do some form of hit training so i would do uh normally eight to ten intervals on say something like an assault bike and i'll do maybe like 40 seconds work flat out with a minute's rest um and then i would do maybe like 10 minutes on the stepper to cool down um and or i would do something like using battle ropes the same sort of fashion doing 40 seconds work minutes rest and then 10 minutes step to cool down and something a bit different i've got into recently because i've gotten a bit bored is uh swimming um and just almost doing like two laps as quick as i can rest for about a minute two laps as quick as i can rest for a minute like a big olympic pool um just to give some sort of different stimulus and variety just for more enjoyment factors than anything um and then i'll try and hit like activity levels of like 10 to 11,000 steps a day which is difficult sometimes when you're working from home so i have to try and make myself go for a walk every now and then um which for anyone who listens who works from home i would struggle to easy say the easiest thing to do is i try and take telephone calls with my airpods on like jonathan's jazzy ones he has now and um just to like almost multitask at the same time um those would be the, the way i would practically implement that i don't know if there's anything else you would do jonathan i do pretty similar uh, i have my dogs i walk them morning and night and uh, usually i'm around eight to ten thousand steps just by walking with the dogs uh, so that's pretty easy then i do uh, shorter uh, sessions of heat i do them in the morning faster cardio directly when i wake up you've got an assault bike at home haven't you yeah i have an assault bike uh, on the terrace so I do this for like 20 minutes. I do 20 seconds like full work and then 40 seconds rest. So I do like the, the intervals is one minute, 20 seconds, 40 seconds rest uh, for, for around 20 minutes every morning. And then uh, after the gym, not after the leg trainings, but all other body parts, I do the Stairmaster 10, 15 minutes. So you do that every session other than legs? Yeah. Cool. That's interesting. Um, with the assault bikes, you do that just solid 20 minutes on off. Do you do that every day or do you just do that on days you're not working out? Uh, almost every day. Like I have one day a week I take off. I try to take off from work and training and then usually I sleep a little bit more and don't do it. But six days a week I do it. That's interesting. So in the morning you'll do fasted hit. You'll then weight train yep. later in the day and do 10 minutes on stepper afterwards. Yeah. Yep. I might have to try this. I need to order an assault bike. <laughs> If anyone else is imagining in the summer, you've got Jonathan out there like jacked on his assault bike on his balcony. Exactly. He's panning at the same time. That's what we talked about multitasking earlier. Exactly. Um, so that, that'd be point number two. Uh, cardio, what would be point number three for you? Uh, to really add uh, quality muscle tissue, I would say for the absolute majority of the people, cut back on volume. I see so many people doing way too much volume. You see those IPB pros, how they train like 20, 30 sets per body part, but they are not like the normal people. So for the absolute majority, cut back on volume and put quality over quantity when you train. That's, it's interesting. Someone asked me that on my Instagram story yesterday, and I said to them, train less, uh, eat 
eat more, move less. Um, and it's so counterintuitive of what you would expect because you're like, oh, I want to eat more progress. I want to train more. And it's like, as you said, it's not about necessarily training more. It's about training better. And, and that, like yeah. you said, for the first point, progressive overload, making yeah. sure you're actually getting stronger because yeah. you can only train as hard as you recover. And a lot of people do too much crappy uh, pointless stuff in the gym at like 50% work ethic that accumulates fatigue that doesn't actually create an adaptive response to build muscle tissue and I think you need to if you listen to this right now you have to think about this when you're weight training the goal isn't to burn calories that's not the objective at all and I think that's where people go wrong thinking they need to do more like if you take Jonathan's example stays lean like all the time he's burning his body fat and calories I hate using that term burning body fat but he's creating a calorie deficit or creating a uh, calorie burn from doing the stepper after training or also from doing obviously your salt bike first thing in the morning. It's not the resistance training that's creating that, which I think would you say something you see is a common misconception or common mistake people think? Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. I think, I think that's, a, sure. that's, a, that's a big one as a take home point. So I'd think yeah. about, um, and what would you say out of interest in terms of to give some people some takeaway points in terms of, how many sets is too much? Like you say, I've got an opinion of what I think, and what was your opinion? Uh, too much. So, like, let's say smaller body parts, maybe arms. Uh, I would consider a smaller body part. Uh, you don't need more than twelve sets there. Probably not even that. Uh, uh, then I can see like there's different. The more I've trained, like we, we you were uh, talking about before, the more you can contract muscle, the more you can like get the really contact with it you can get away with less so there's a point like how advanced are you like the more advanced the less that you need and i also people think it's like the other way around yeah like the more advanced you need more uh but but for smaller body parts maximum 12 i I personally do like around seven to nine sets of arms and for, for for the rest of the body parts uh if you count like hamstrings as one body part and quads as one i think the rest should be like maximum 15 15 sets that's actually slightly less than i was going to say but yeah i I was going to say about like 16 to 18 is like probably the very max yeah um i think anything more than that is going to be way overkill and i think a lot of people are in the realm of doing like 25 30 set workouts and doing you see too often like there's like you talk with them about it, but yeah, I saw Sean Morel did this, or Jay Cutler did this. It's like, yeah, but they're not like the majority of the people. They're pros. I was like, did you see Jay Cutler when he was like 14? Like, exactly. Like, he just has to look at a bar and, or like Ronnie Coleman, yeah. like people like that. You yeah. don't, like, you have to look at um, the overall circumstances in terms of that yeah. and also the fact that they're, um, pushing the boundaries in terms of like performance enhancing drugs as well, but plus having yeah. the greatest genetics in the world, yeah. like that's that's not you. And I and I don't want to talk anyone down, but you have to be realistic. And I think that's one of the things that you and me do very well as coaches is we'll cut the shit. And that's why I like your content um, yeah. is because like just get rid of all the bullshit because there's so much yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Um. So I th- I think that's really really important and the valid point. Uh, point number four that I would add in. So I think this is probably. A uh, mistake I've made a lot, and I think 90% of guys who start quote unquote lean bulking do is trying to start growing from too high a body fat percentage when they're too fat already. If your body fat 
if you don't have abs, you shouldn't be trying to bulk up because you need a period of time to be in a calorie surplus to be able to grow muscle tissue. You don't want to really be bulking for less than six months, in my opinion. I think it's not really going to have much of a point. You're just going to end up plateauing, really. Um, so you need to be able to be able to sit comfortably in the calorie surplus for that period of time and be able to take up your body fat and your body weight up, say, for example, 5%. So realistically, you want to be in a position where you can see your abs. I think you should be looking at being like, everyone should get shredded first before doing this. So that's when like people come to me and they're skinny fat, like, oh, I'm skinny fat i haven't got much muscle and i've got a bit of fat like what should i do it's like get like get peeled inside out and then you've got like a foundation to then build on and also when you're leaner hormonally your body works um much more efficiently your estrogen levels will be higher your ability to then um partition nutrients will be much higher you'll be much more sensitive to insulin you'll also be more hungry and have more of an appetite so it'll be easier to eat um everything is literally weighed in your favor the reason people don't want to do that is because they're lazy and they don't have, they don't know how, or they don't have the ability to execute to get lean. Uh, what do you think? I'm hundred percent agree. I can see it also from like uh, coaching a lot of competitors. Like I, I coach them up to competition, and they say like, I'm gonna do two months for myself, then I come back, and then they like they are in really good shape for the competition, and then they and take fat. two months off, and they get really fat. And then they come to me like, yeah, let's start a pushed off season. I was like, no, we, we missed the greatest point. Like we need to bring it down again. It's like, yeah, you, you, it's not the optimal state at all to start growing from a fat look. Is that mainly men or women that have interest? Men, 100%. So, so what I think happens, so this is, this is where you have to, like coaching is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. So what actually happens, I think, is men think, oh, I'm going to get fucking massive now. So then they start eating loads and they see the scales going up. Oh, I think I'm adding all this muscle tissue. It's like, no, you're like replenishing glycogen water and then like body fat starting to shoot on really fast but they don't really clock it. And then four weeks go by and they're like, oh, I've like completely undone 12 to 16 weeks of dieting. But, but most guys it's like still, it's just water, it's just water. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Here's a fact for everyone out there. M muscle doesn't hold water. Like your whole like it's like people when like you must get all the time like people are like, oh, I'm holding water for the stage yeah. and it's like no you're just fat no. like yeah exactly. fat. like if you're if you if you have no fat you have no like like you can't really hold like water and muscle tissue it doesn't work no exactly I, I was actually on a Swedish podcast podcast yesterday and we talked about this and it's like why why can you clients like always show up so shredded what do you do the last week I was like I do almost nothing because they're ready two weeks out fat free you don't need to do anything. Like, if you're uh, fat-free, you can't hold water. Like, yeah. of course, if you eat, like, two burgers and fries and drink a load of water, of course, but, no, without fat, you can't hold water. I think this is, as well, as like, I can't overemphasize the point of this enough. This is probably the biggest mistake I see everyone making because what happens, as well, is that they then, if, if you start trying to grow muscle tissue and say your body fat's at, like, 15 16%, the problem then that arises is that your as your weight starts to increase, your body fat will start to go up as more. And the ratio of what you're actually adding then for like, say, per kilogram percentage of muscle and fat, the percentage of fat will be way higher than if you were like 10 percent. Like that's why, like Jonathan was saying there, the most important time to be meticulous is after when, when you finish being super shredded. So once yeah. you've done a show or shoot or whatever holiday diet, 
because if you can manage that window for like six to eight weeks you can put yourself set yourself up for like nine months of like lean muscle growth if done correctly i think that's like topic could be a whole podcast just the rebound after just a normal diet or a competition prep like it doesn't matter but when people reach their goal i think like they're like yeah i don't know they can eat as much as they want they won't put it on it's like then four weeks later oh shit i i've always been quite good at not doing that because i think i realized how hard like fat loss is easy but yet like there's no cutting around it. it's hard work like you've got to stick to your diet and you've got to do what you have to do in terms of exercising yeah. so like there's no beating around the bush of that and i'm all about like efficiency in life so i'm like if i'm going to diet for 12 to 16 weeks i'm not going to fuck this up in a week like an all-inclusive diet i might have what i want but then i'll i'll try and balance it out by doing more cardio or whatever um i think that's where a lot of people are just a bit reckless and i think almost lack self-respect for themselves sometimes and just like throw caution to the wind but i think most people probably learn the first time they do it that that's then not a good thing to do because then they're eight weeks afterwards they're trying to like fix the mess they've created for themselves which is their own choice I was one of them. I learned the hard way. Like my mm. first prep, I was like, yeah, eight weeks later, you couldn't see I was completely in bodybuilding. I was so soft. Just the only thing I had to do was let's diet back. You know, your body doesn't respond to the diet that well after a long period of diet. And then you fuck up with eat as much as you can and then try to diet down again. It's really hard. Is so I learned any, it the hard way. Is there any specific shit food that people in Sweden tend to eat after stuff like that? Is there anything different? we had this stupid thing like they, they come backstage with like a mud cake where they put everything in like oreos and chocolates and stuff they do at home like that's the peak week thing to do i was like why are you putting this in like five thousand calories just is that, in one is that after the show or before D directly after the show yeah, like yeah. they walk off stage they take their model up and just like start pushing <laughs> that mud cake i'm a massive hypocrite with what i just said though because i remember the last show i did my wife I got her to make me like, I really like cream. You might, you might not understand these in Sweden, but they're like, they call like cream eggs. Anyone listening yeah. who's from the UK or Americans won't understand these. This is Cadbury's cream eggs, like insane. It's basically like an Easter egg, like a small one. And inside yeah. it's got like, uh, like white sugary cream stuff. That's what I call cream egg. Right. And uh, I got her, to make, got her to make those into brownies and like nailed a load of them. So I'm a massive hypocrite for saying that. But um, the other thing actually talking about this that I find... Um, and it's also like, these are all learning experiences for myself and Jonathan here of what not to do so you can learn. <laughs> exactly. um, but I would also say the other thing that's really stupid, and also I have done is, actually no, I didn't do that, is um, people loading up on, like carb loading on junk food and sweets. And I was like, this is the most moronic thing I've ever heard. Because if you think like you haven't eaten any of this for, like, for months, your digestive system is going to have a meltdown just before you're about to go on stage. Like, there's no yeah. logic to that. It is a very common mistake, and there's always like the night before at the weigh-ins and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just gonna like load with some burgers and fries, then I'm ready. I was like, yeah, I should diet for four more weeks and eat, I eat some rice. <laughs> That's it. I just don't know why that happens, but I think it's because people see other people do it, and I think it's yeah. like you, you said, and I think it's this isn't racist. I think um, I've got a lot of like black friends, but I think some black people can get away with. Um, that sort of approach i don't know why but from like bodybuilding preps not my thing but from what i've seen mm. from the outside that like junk loading for some of them seems to work mm. quite well um i'm not quite sure why or the mechanisms of why that really works but i think it's it's a gamble if you know what i mean mm. yeah for sure
um, and not a risk I would take, but there we go. Um, for the next tip, your turn, sir. Uh, I would say don't buy into the belief that the supplements will make a big change when building muscles. Like stick to basic food, stick to basic training. Supplements, for sure, if you have the money to spend, but they're not going to make any big percentage of the whole like results. I see so many people like, they come to me as like, yeah, what supplement should I take? Like, first of all, start following this plan for a month. Then we can see what happens. Then we maybe can add in some. Like, if you really want some, yeah, take some creatine, some multivitamins, some extra D vitamin if you live in Sweden. It's so dark. Uh, take some extra D vitamin. But other than that, don't spend a fortune on supplements. It's the, the I like to call it like the supplement cartel. They just sell bullshit, like... <laughs> Like natural fat burners and testosterone boosters and all this stuff and like it doesn't work. Yeah, the testosterone also is fun. Like, it's, it's like so, so. For example, you want to talk about testosterone boosters? Fix your diet, fix your stress management, um, fix your sleep. Like sleep's exactly. the most important one with that. Like, and, and guess what? They're all free. Exactly. Um, but they don't have a shiny label and a pill that you can take. But there we go. Um, that's also something I actually learned like the hard way. I, I spent like when I was young, 17, 18, 19 years old, I spent all my money on like cool labels, like yeah. the real cows, everything that tests the bruises, fat burns, like the cooler the label, the, the better results. But, but again, I did exactly the same thing. I'm thinking <laughs> of one, there was a t testosterone booster. I actually, I looked for it the other day, so they still sell it. It does clearly, there's nothing. Uh, called like Norotine Heavyweight 2 or something from LA Muscle. I don't know if you have that in Sweden. Please don't buy this. But um, <laughs> I, um, and so this is how these things work. So it's a placebo effect, essentially. So you start taking something like this, you start eating better, you start training harder, you then get progress. And like, oh, this shit really works. Like, really, like so, it's not actually that. It's the fact you're actually training properly and harder, and you think it works, but it's then working. Um, yeah. Which then comes down to what we were saying earlier about psychology is the most important thing which I think is the most important thing of why um, coaching helps people so much because myself and Jonathan can cut the crap for you and save you a lot of money if what not to buy. Yeah, sure. Um, interestingly, you, you mentioned about food. Three questions. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite protein source, favorite carb source, and favorite fat source? Uh, favorite protein source should be lean beef uh, or chicken thighs. Uh, chicken thighs. Filet chicken thighs. Yeah. What what is it called in English? Yeah. yeah it's chicken thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for carbs, uh, white rice, like basmati rice. That that's the most easy digested for me. A fat source. I'm a big olive oil guy. Uh, of course, peanut butter, but I don't think it's a great, great, great fat source. Uh, so I take maybe one meal a day. Mostly it's olive oil. Some avocados, but not that much. Mine, interestingly, was pretty much identically the same. Um, I wouldn't have said chicken thigh. I, chicken thighs, I wouldn't, but I, not for any reason, but I tend to try and go for leaner cuts of meat and then add additional fats on. Um, but I, I've got a big thing at the moment of I, I love like steak mints, like minced, like lean beef. So you get like 5% steak mints. And then I like making that into like chili con carnies and things like that. That's like, particularly like when it's cold, it feels like warm. Um, so that with like then like warm like white rice like you said um, because rice is the best digesting carbohydrate source and then um, fats for me would probably be uh, like eggs and salmon and things like that uh, and, and then olive oil would be the other one and 
like nuts, like macadamia nuts, almonds, Brazil nuts, and things like that. I think would be really, really the key. Um, so yeah, I was interested to your input on that. So that's the five tips. Is there anything else you'd want to add in for that, uh, Jonathan? Patience. Might be like for for the training part, also like stick to the basics. Mm. Like they don't try to do this crazy, stupid in terms of exercises. You see, like what worked like in the seventeen eighties and the nineties, they, they exercises still work. Well, I just thought something really funny. We should when I next come to Spain, we should make a parody video of like dumb exercises. For sure, like, <laughs> there's going to be a, keep keep tuned. There's going to be a great video of like side <laughs> chest presses and like plate presses and gl- glute band crap. Uh, <laughs> for sure let's do that, that, that do you come here new year's or something yeah yeah i'll be in my bed for new year's we'll do that, that that'd be fun uh we, anyone who's listening to the podcast who sees this please share it because we can try and make it go viral and, and tag lots of fitness influencers who do these exercises that'd be even, even more fun so um thank you very much for your time jonathan and for sharing all of your knowledge for people to find out more about you what's your instagram handle uh jonathan fogelberg um pretty hard to spell but but uh... I'll, just I'll search for Jonathan of your followers. Yeah, I'll share it in the um, podcast notes and also yeah. we'll share it when I take you obviously on Instagram as well. So I hope everyone loved the episode. Loads of knowledge again for Jonathan. Stay tuned for the Instagram influencer uh, piss date and make sure you leave us a five-star review. And if you need any help with your own uh, fitness coaching, hit the link below this video and the podcast and you can book in a free stretch course out with myself and the CJ coaching team. And we've also got my free abs training course you can get a copy of, which is below here. Um, So check that out and we'll see you in the next episode.